Before we get started with today's episode, we wanted to highlight another fantastic podcast series that we think you would be interested in checking out. Fight the Swell is a new monthly podcast focused on increasing awareness around hereditary angioedema, or HAE. For those who may not be familiar, HAE is a rare and potentially life-threatening genetic condition. Because HAE is hereditary, children have a 50% chance of inheriting HAE if one parent has the disease. Patients can experience painful, unpredictable swelling anywhere on their body. Fight the Swell is hosted by two HAE patients, Zakia and Corey, where in each episode they discuss with a guest what it means to live with HAE and how to navigate life with this difficult disease. If you are living with HAE and have questions about topics such as balancing your work-life schedule, exercise, or even just ways to approach discussing HAE with your friends and family, then you should give Fight the Swell a listen. It's a fascinating look at an under-discussed and very rare condition told through the lens of patients who have first-hand experience. The first four episodes of the podcast are now out on YouTube, and you can check them out by searching for HAE Fight the Swell at YouTube.com. We'll also put a link to the YouTube playlist for the podcast in the show description for this episode. More episodes are planned and will be uploaded each month. If you're living with HAE, know someone who is, or are even just looking for ways to help support those who are, get in on the conversation with real patients today by searching for HAE Fight the Swell at YouTube.com. And now, on with today's show. Welcome to, wait, how do you spell that? A rare disease podcast. My name is Colby and I'm the content manager here at Patient Worthy. Today we're going to be discussing hereditary angioedema or HAE. For listeners who may not be familiar, HAE is a rare genetic condition characterized by recurrent severe swelling under the skin. It's a very rare condition estimated to affect one in 10,000 to one in 50,000 people worldwide. And to help us discuss this today, we have a very special guest from our partners over at HAE Junior, which is based in the Czech Republic. Camelia Isaac is the chairwoman of the organization, which is dedicated to improving the quality of life of children and young people with HAE. Camelia, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for the invitation, Colby. Happy to be here. And we're happy to have you. Thank you. And to start, can you provide an overview of hereditary angioedema for listeners who may not be familiar? Hereditary angioedema is a rare condition and it is causing recurring, painful, even life-threatening swellings on various parts of the body. It can, the swellings uh, can occur in limbs, in abdomen, uh, on face, uh, in the throat. Those are the most dangerous ones. Uh, it is caused, HAE usually is caused by a genetic mutation which has been inherited. Uh, and this mutation leads to deficiency or lower function of C1 inhibitor protein in blood plasma. Uh, there are some situations of acquired angioedema, 
meaning that there uh, has been a new mutation in the patient, uh, but the symptoms uh, are similar as in HAE. Uh, it is a rare condition, and uh, for many years, the life of uh, patients living with HAE has been difficult. However, with the new progress in medication therapies and patient-centered uh, management approaches, the situation of patients is getting so much better. That's great to hear. Thank you. And uh, some of that uh, progress is, is due to uh, the work of people like yourselves, people who are working in the rare disease advocacy space. And your organization, HAE Junior, was founded in 2019 by a group of parents of HAE pediatric patients in the Czech Republic. Can you tell us a little about HAE Junior and some of the history behind its founding? Yes, I'm happy to share more information about HAE Junior with you. Uh, as you mentioned, we are a very young patient organization. Uh, we are established in Prague, Czech Republic, by a group of parents of pediatric HA patients. Uh, why did our organization uh, come up? Is because we believe that together we can achieve a better quality of life and brighter future for the youngest HA patients, for the next patient generation. And how we want to approach that, uh, we, we have four strategic goals. First, we want to advocate for and support the patient community that we serve. We want to inform, advise, and raise awareness in relation to HAE in pediatric patients and young patients. We want to foster patient networking and experience exchange, uh, both at the national and international level. And fourth, we want to partner for better inclusion. Our approach is holistic. Many times HAE has been dealt with as a health issue only. Yes, HAE is a health condition, a, a health-related problem. However, the impact that HAE has on the quality of life reflects into other dimensions of the life. And this is what we want to address as well through our activities. And we want to also look into supporting and to removing obstacles related to HAE as a psychological burden, HAE as a social inclusion issue, or as an economic burden. So we take a more complex approach in dealing with HAE in our organization. And can you speak a little more about some of the work that HAE Junior is doing to help to improve the lives of young people with HAE? In terms of uh, building the patient community, bringing people together and sharing with them the latest information, what we do is that we facilitate access to the most recent information about HAE. Uh, in the local language. This is very important for the local uh, patient community here in the Czech Republic. We also issue informational leaflets and brochures that can help them in specific situations in life, uh, like in school or when the kids have to go on summer camps or related to traveling. And this project is still ongoing. Uh, we have also successive, successfully organized um, several um, 
awareness campaigns for digital marketing. Uh, when we successfully uh, raised awareness in general about the disease with the general public uh, and also with other experts, uh, doctors, uh, physicians, and so on uh, about the condition and with a focus on the problem, on the specifics of HAE in the younger age group. We were very happy that we were able uh, last summer, in spite of the uh, difficult COVID uh, crisis and so on, uh, we were able to organize and to hold the very first um, HAE Junior uh, Summer Family Camp where we brought together a group of patients, uh, pediatric patients and uh, their parents uh, to discuss about the problems that we all have to deal with, to inform them about the uh, latest information in terms of uh, treatments uh, and uh, why advocacy is important. That was a very successful project and we are very grateful that we were able to deliver that in spite of the ongoing uh, corona situation. And uh, at the same time, we were uh, very happy to launch last year um, a project uh, called um, um, inclusive scholarships, skills for the future, uh, with the backing of uh, one of our sponsors, we facilitated uh, scholarships for HAE um, pediatric and young adult patients to take courses uh, in um, language skills and digital skills, because we believe these are skills that are important for the future uh, and would enable these patients to have a better start uh, in their professional lives and in future for, uh, for the new generation. And of course, another project which was very uh, dear to us and we want to make it an annual tradition was the patient survey where we looked at the two perspectives, pediatric versus adult HE patients, what are the patient priorities and so on. That's very comprehensive. And I'm glad that you were able to get the, the summer camp together with all the challenges presented by COVID last year. And speaking with uh, many different rare disease organizations and patients, um, you know, that was, that was a huge challenge for people living with chronic conditions last year. So I'm very glad that that was able to come together. We are very glad about it too. And we are already planning uh, a new edition in uh, summer 2021. And uh, we are all looking forward to it. That's great. And uh, the HAE barometer, the study that you mentioned, uh, can you give us uh, some more insights into the study and some of the results that you found? Yes. First of all, I will explain why we uh, decided to conduct this survey. Um, it is important. What we noticed is that sometimes the adult HE patients formulated some priorities as important for them while parents of HE pediatric patients were formulating different priorities. Sometimes they were, you know, there were similarities, sometimes there were differences. So we said, okay, let's try to prioritize. Let's try to conduct a survey. Let's try to ask clearly both patient groups. And uh, we prepared some uh, mirror questionnaires where we asked pretty much the same questions and we touched on the same topics, but we looked at uh, 
some questions were addressed for uh, parents of pediatric patients and some questions were addressed uh, to adult HA patients. The findings were very interesting for us because uh, what we discovered was that HAE limits both uh, patient groups in similar ways uh, in terms of quality of life. In the long term, we look at uh, limitations related to fulfilling the uh, career potential or educational potential. Uh, we look at limitations related to uh, free time activities and hobbies, uh, sports, and so on. Uh, however, we noticed that there are some uh, differences between the priorities of the pediatric patient group and of the adult patient group uh, in terms of their priorities. The adult patient group, the biggest priority is access to uh, good prophylactic care. While in pediatric patients, we noticed that the priorities were related to lack of awareness uh, of the healthcare personnel, non-HA expert healthcare personnel um, about the condition that is derived many times by the, by the difficulties that they have when dealing with emergency room personnel or with pediatricians or with dentists and so on, where the condition of HAE uh, is not that well known, however, it is important to consider it. Then we understood that there is a difficulty in lack of uh, sufficient support in terms of home therapy and self-administration. Uh, and given the fact that the younger patient group is heavily dependent or has been at least for many years heavily depending uh, primarily on intravenous uh, um, acute uh, medication, uh, injectable medication, uh, that showed to be a big difficulty for, for uh, that patient group. Uh, also, we noticed that limitations in terms of reimbursement, uh, that only the most severe HA symptoms can be uh, treated and reimbursed, uh, that medication, that is also an obstacle because look, what does it mean in practice? In practice, it means that if you have a kid who has a swelling on the foot, um, the, a swelling on the, on the foot does not qualify as a severe one. So in fact, that kid will be in pain for three to five days, not able to walk. Somebody will have to look after that kid, uh, you know, while, while uh, the, the child recovers. And that doesn't mean that it's not painful, it doesn't take away the pain. You just, you know, have to, just have to hang in there and not being able to treat such a symptom that is not um, good for the kid or for, for the family, because as I said, one of the parents would have to look after that kid throughout uh, the entire period. However, for, for severe treatments, those qualify currently only as abdominal, facial, or uh, localized in the throat, and their uh, acute treatment is being reimbursed. If you have in the family a child or a teenager, and by the way, puberty and hormonal changes 
may represent a, an important trigger in terms of increasing the frequency of attacks. It might happen that some patients are very often suffering from these symptoms. However, they can only treat half of that. They miss a lot of school and then the problems just grow bigger and bigger. In this survey, we were able to put together all these findings and our goal at HA Junior is to try to tackle those patient priorities which are important for uh, the younger patient population as well. I see. And, and thank you. That's a, that's a lot of information to summarize. So I, I really do appreciate that. And uh, so given the difference in, in priorities between the two patient populations and the fact that this is a genetic condition, do you have any advice for how parents of children who have HAE can focus on providing what's best for their child and improving their outcomes with this condition? Yeah. My first advice is... Parents need to lead by example. I strongly advise parents of young HE patients to uh, be uh, proactive and to have a responsible attitude towards this condition, uh, to seek the latest information, to write everything down. This is very important whenever they go and see their um, physician, they are treating physician, it is important that the parents have all this information available, how frequently they've been suffering uh, from HE, how many times they treated the symptoms and how many times they didn't treat the, treat the symptoms and so on. All this information is very important to give uh, to the physician, to the treating physician, a, a, a full overview of not only of the disease, but also of the burden it puts on the life of the patient. And only based on that information, the physician will then be in a position to come up with the best recommendation in terms of treatment, treatment and uh, management uh, of the disease. So definitely it is very important that patients lead by example in terms of proactive attitude, discipline, they do their part of the job. And uh, we know that in families where the condition is already uh, existent and if parents have such attitude, then the children will learn this same approach and then this will significantly improve uh, the prospects and the quality of life in the future. However, we also are aware of situations where patients are not able to deal well psychologically with the disease and they choose kind of to deny the problem and to ignore it and uh, to have an attitude that somehow I survived and somehow I will manage. And many times there is a risk that the children will adopt this attitude and that makes it so much more difficult, you know, to, to manage the condition for the long term. So definitely parents need to lead by example. Also, I would advise parents not to underestimate the risks associated with this condition, even in the case of very young children where, let's say, the first symptoms they didn't occur. However, uh, we all know that this is a 
potentially life-threatening condition. And we are aware of situations in our patient community where the first symptom led uh, the patient to the surgery room. Uh, we all know that uh, it can be uh, quite dangerous not to be prepared. As long as the diagnosis has been set, it is the responsibility of the parents to be prepared and not to be taken by surprise. Okay. And uh, drawing from the theme of additional support as well, what are some ways that friends and family, people who, who may not have HAE, what are some ways that they can be supportive of their loved ones who do have the condition? Definitely uh, to be supportive, to show uh, that they care uh, for, for their friends or, or family members with HAE. Um, and uh, definitely, I would also uh, recommend to try to learn as much as they can about the condition to tr so that they can try to understand. On the other hand, what I also know is that, yes, HAE can be a burden and uh, uh, generate a lot of, let's say, pain and negative energy. I think the dear ones can... Uh, do their best to bring on a lot of positive energy and sources of joy into the lives of the little HA patients to counterbalance, if I can put it this way, you know, the, the negativity of uh, H that HA could bring. I would also want to mention that uh, puberty it's a, is an age which is many times difficult by itself. If you put on top of that a diagnosis like HAE that the young child turning into adult has to deal with, that makes the whole thing much more complicated. And uh, at this time, it is also important, you know, that they, the kids feel this strong need uh, of belonging, of being included, of being part of the communities uh, that they long for. And I think it is very important to support them through that uh, because if they feel accepted and if they feel included in spite of these limitations related to HAE, that will benefit for the long term and will help them manage so much better uh, through, uh, you know, the, the times when they have to learn how to deal with the disease and when maybe during a time when they are still struggling to accept it. Uh, so this role of the family members and of friends is very, very important and definitely uh, the right support from, from the teachers and the uh, everyone else who is important in uh, kids' life, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. And also I would strongly uh, recommend to support sports activities in, in uh, children and teenagers with HAE, even though HAE can occasionally be uh, a trigger for the symptoms. However, it is uh, the benefit normally that young patients can get from being involved into sports activities uh, is, is uh, much bigger than uh, the risk of triggering uh, symptoms, of course, as long as uh, they are 
ready to deal with the symptoms and uh, they have the right uh, discipline in terms of managing symptoms, uh, HA symptoms in case they occur. As someone who is focused on improving the lives of HAE patients, uh, what are some of your hopes for the future? Our hopes for the future are that we are going to raise heroes. We do not want to raise generation of uh, people who have to make compromise in life in terms of career choices, in terms of um, leisure activities, in terms of traveling. And I am really, really happy and to, to say that uh, although HAE is a rare condition, we as a community are grateful for the fact that there, are, there has been so much uh, research and so much effort put into finding new uh, ways to treat the disease and to manage the disease that in the long term, I really believe in perspective that the life of uh, HA patients will be so much better uh, and they will really um, be able to lead a normal life without the need of making uh, so many limitations and compromises as in the past. And this is what I really wish for uh, the next generation uh, of HA patients. And I believe that uh, the future is very bright and uh, we are grateful as a patient community for everything that doctors and researchers have done for the benefit of the community. I think it is important that the patients also do their part. That means assume this new responsibility, assume this uh, power that they could get and manage uh, properly and responsibly the, uh, the disease. Uh, for for the benefit of the entire community. Is there anything else about HAE or about HAE Junior that you'd like to make sure that people know? Well, HAE Junior is a young organization. Uh, we've started just before the Corona crisis, and uh, it turned out that our initial projects we we had to adapt. Uh, you know, to deal with this specific situation. Uh, we were very happy to provide support and guidance to the local patient community in the context of COVID, and we still remain very active and involved. And we really believe that as an organization, uh, our biggest achievements are still ahead of us. And uh, we are happy for each family which turns to us for information and advice. And based on the information we share with them, uh, we receive later on positive feedback, how that uh, change of perspective and motivation boost that they received from us had a positive impact, not only on the life of one patient, but on the entire family. And this is what we want to do. We really want to help the families which turn to us on an individual case-by-case -case basis, looking outside of the health-only limitation and address 
and help them remove obstacles that HA puts in their lives and they are unable to remove them on their own. And if someone would like to get in touch with HAE Junior, what's the best way for them to do that? First of all, I would recommend to visit our website, which is uh, www.hajunior.cz. We also have an English version. Uh, for English speakers, I also recommend that they sign up and follow us uh, on a LinkedIn uh, profile of HA Junior that we have. That is where we communicate primarily in English. We also have a Facebook profile. And of course, they, uh, anyone who is interested in uh, contacting us uh, can reach out uh, by email at uh, info at hajunior.cz. We are happy to hear from friends all over the world, and we are grateful for all the support we we received, both from uh, national partners and friends and also international ones. And we are so grateful to be cooperating with Patient Worthy as well. And we're also grateful to have you as a partner. And uh, Camelia, I just want to thank you for taking the time to speak with us about HAE today. I think it's a condition that um, uh, people may not be familiar with. So that's very valuable information that you're helping to provide to us. Thank you very much once again for the invitation. And uh, I hope uh, your audience uh, enjoys this, this podcast about HAE as well. Thank you once again. Thank you. And for our listeners, um, as uh, Camelia said, you can find out more about HAE Junior by visiting their website at www.haejunior.cz. We'll also put a link to the website in the description of the show this week, so you can find that there. And don't forget, you can always keep up with the latest in rare disease news by visiting patientworthy.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching for Patientworthy. And if you like the show, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast app. It's quick, easy, and really does help us out. And as always, thank you for listening. 